This is the Canopy Life Podcast. My name is Evan Chasteen, and I have the honor of hosting this podcast alongside the founder of Canopy Life, Christy Gordy. Christy, this is uh, one of the last episodes of 2020. Yeah. And we were thinking through what to talk about in this episode, what to share with this audience that's been on this podcast journey with us all year pretty consistently. The, mm-hmm. the people who I think started listening are still listening, which is really cool to watch. This episode is titled, Things We've Learned in 2020. When when we say we right there, I think we're talking about the organization as a whole, things that we've learned. Yeah. Or, or who are you talking about whenever you say we've learned? Well, I think we've all learned a lot. <laughs> yes. For good or bad, we've learned a lot this year. We've learned more about viral progress than we ever thought was possible. Viruses, science um, has entered our spaces. But really, this episode is about what Canopy Life has learned probably even more specifically what I've learned, uh, which I don't know if anyone's interested in, but I actually think some of these things people will relate to. They've probably seen them in their own lives in their own way. Um, and I'm just thought it would be a nice way to wrap up the year is to think about some of the, how far we've come and the things we've learned. Yeah, totally. I'm on an, uh, another podcast is cause this is part of what I do. And we're talking about this as somewhat of an examine process uh, or practice. So it's good to look back on the year and find God in the year and, and see these places where he's been. Uh, so I think it's a fun practice yeah. to look back and uh, we invite you into this practice of, of doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and sharing with you of what we've learned in uh, 2020. So let's kick it off. What yeah. is the first thing? You've kind of got a list here. Yeah, about and I'm going to listen uh, yeah. and ask questions as you go through this sure. list. So what is the first thing yeah. on your list that you've learned in 2020? Well, I've made a list of five things. Obviously, we've learned so much more. But these were, when I look back on this year, the things that have risen to the top. The first lesson that we've learned, and I think we knew this before already, right? But is that God is faithful. I think we've seen this in so many ways, especially at Canopy Life. You know, when COVID first hit, we received a lot of wise counsel from other organizations who've been through severe economic uh, situations. And they were like, you need to start preparing right now for a 30 to even possibly 50% funding loss. And no one knew exactly what was happening, but we all knew the economy was going to be impacted. And um, and we have just been amazed because we didn't experience that at all. We did cut our expenses and we saved a lot. And we know that next year the economy could still, you know, be something we have to navigate. But for this year, we, we barely lost any donors. Our annual donors rose up in incredible ways at the end of the year. Um, it was just incredible to see God continue to fuel the work that we were doing through the people in our community. And early on in COVID, I had written down in my journal that, you know, he would provide for our needs. I I remember writing that he would not only provide the resources we needed to navigate this, but the wisdom to make the hard calls that we were going to have to navigate, have to make to navigate it. And he did that, but he only, not only provided for our needs, but he started preparing for some vision. Like we're, At the end of a year that's a global pandemic, we're talking about when are we going to buy more land? When are we going to build our next building so that we can continue to serve more kids? And I just never dreamed at the beginning of this year, or at least in March, when the word pandemic entered our vocabulary. I never dreamed that that would be how we ended the year. And it's just evidence of his faithfulness and people... Um, his people being faithful in response and him responding to their faithfulness, like faithfulness begets faithfulness. And it, it was mm. just, it's just a really big lesson that I think I knew before, but has been confirmed 
on in a, just a really beautiful way this year in 2020, which yeah, is great. Absolutely. My mind goes through the, the fear kept coming to mind. And I'm not saying this is what you were experiencing, mm-hmm. but as you were saying that, I kept thinking through that there were all these fears that were coming to mind whenever everything mm-hmm. started unfolding this year. And just this idea that focusing on, on what is in front of us in the present moment and trusting God to show up in these areas that are future-based, where we're making predictions, we're making guesses, and, and doing so, I think, with, with good intent, and it is necessary to do those things, but it, there's so much unpredictable, uh, there's so much unpredictability in our day-to-day, uh, and it's cool to look back and see how different what we predicted the world life was going to, I don't know, mm-hmm. I would play these games in my head of, it's going to look like this. And mm-hmm. it was oftentimes things like 30% loss. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't a bunch of positive things. Right. Uh, I was predicting for yeah. December of 2020. Yeah. And it, looking back, it's been a really cool yeah. journey. Uh, yeah. I agree. Well, and I think even as I move on, I think other people, I just want to make sure that they hear this. There's a lot of people who have experienced that loss hmm. and that isn't a lack. I think they would say that's not a lack of his faithfulness. He's been faithful to them in other ways. You know, not everyone navigated financially navigated this year as well as canopy life has. Um, and I see that as God was faithful to us in that area, but he has been faithful to everyone else. I think they would say that he has also been faithful to them, but just in a very different way, helping them navigate through the loss, right. Or through the financial impact. And I think that's important to mention. That's why I think it's something that we've learned in a specific way, but I also think our listeners will have learned it even if they lost their jobs or experienced loss in their companies, they can they can also say he has been faithful and probably have a great story just like ours of how he's been faithful. Um, and, I, and I think that's the lesson we've all learned is he can carry us through, around, over these really hard seasons. Yeah, that's such a great point. Uh, and not to be quickly glossed over, it makes me think of what we learned, uh, what we've learned through the life of Jesus, which mm-hmm. is life, death, resurrection is the cycle. And mm-hmm. through death, there's always resurrection and, and it doesn't take away from God's faithfulness to right. us. So uh, that's yeah. a great point. In in death, we do have hope in resurrection. And, and there's been a lot of hard things that people have gone through this year, but God is no less faithful. Right. Uh, we have no less hope in his presence. Right. Yeah. Because he was just as faithful to provide ideas, to provide encouragement and comfort. And I know he's done that for everyone, just the same as Canopy Life. I was just bringing it up as he, it has especially surprised me. The faithfulness that surprised me was in spite of what we were expecting, we experienced something different. And that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. This is funny. I see your notes here and I don't know everything you're going to say, but the next one is innovate or die. Yeah. So it's, it's so fun that the... <laughs> the life death resurrection tied so right what seemingly is neatly into this next <laughs> yeah. point which is innovate or die so what yeah. do you mean by inner inno, i see i keep saying innervate what do you mean by innovate or die well i mean i think that's just lesson number two and i don't know that there's anyone who has not learned this lesson this year is that when incredible challenges come our way you have to innovate or something maybe not your whole organization maybe not you yourself but something is going to die right like this year required so much of all of us. I like in Kenya, what we do works because all of our children live at our home, our boarding school, and they are on our facility. We have pulled them away from their rural communities and are able to control their environment. And so much of what we do 
the impact, the quality, the size of what we do for our kids in order to empower them to become godly, innovative leaders is because of the location. So when school closed and our kids are remanded by the government back to their rural villages, I mean, literally all that we do is about being physically present with each other the same way a restaurant or a event coordinating company, you know, it's, it's key. Right. And I was so proud of our Kenyan staff because even before schools here in the U S were navigating to digital learning, they had bought Wi-Fi capable tablets, were delivering them to the communities, had collected resource tubs and, um, and they did it so quickly. I have to feel like there's a spiritual element in mm. there as well, because two days after we delivered the resource tubs to the villages, Nairobi went on lockdown and we weren't allowed, our staff were not allowed to leave Nairobi for a month and a half and we couldn't even get to the villages. And so for a tech soft country and staff to go so tech strong so quickly, um, just showed such innovation, such a willingness. And we went straight to Google classrooms, which I know everyone was doing it, but we were, I mean, we were still handwriting lessons, right? Like it was, it was a pretty big leap um, to get there. And I was just really proud of our team. And I've been so proud of the people around us. Um, so many people have had to innovate really hard things in order to keep their livelihood, their mental health, their organizations alive. And at Canopy Life, we definitely found that to be true. I would say that anything we didn't innovate on kind of went away for 2020. I won't use the word die because sure, I believe sure. that it's still a part of this. But if we didn't innovate on it, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Which you know. sometimes can sometimes can be a necessary process, yeah. you know, in uh, life, business, yeah. nonprofit organizations. Right. Trying to figure out what those things are without needing to innovate mm-hmm. is is a little more difficult, or can be more difficult than being forced to elim- right. eliminate some things and innovate other things. Right. Totally. And, and it's really hard, which leads to the next lesson number three, which is that we can do hard things. I have a coffee mug. In fact, it's sitting right here in front of me, a coffee mug that says, actually, I can. Because I think for me, I'm a big feeler. I don't want to do the things I don't feel like doing. And I don't feel like doing hard things, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I tend to strategically navigate myself towards easier things to do, things I feel like doing, things I'm excited about doing. And so much of innovation is hard. It's letting go of things. It's letting go of it's erasing the borders, right? And thinking outside the box, it's spending money on stuff you would never have spent money for. It's spending money when you're not sure you're going to have money next month. It's it's a lot of hard things. And I think, yeah. I think my third lesson of the year is that we really can do hard things. And to add a little spiritual tweak, especially when we're leaning into God for that strength, you know, when yeah, we're yeah. not finding it within ourselves. Um, you know, specifically um, outside of what I experienced, our kids in Kenya in their villages, right, doing digital learning, it was hard. They struggled. I mean, we have fourth graders and eighth graders at home in their communities. None of their friends are in school because private school was closed. I mean, sorry, public school was closed. So none of their friends are in school. And public schools didn't have the capabilities to get out learning tablets in the same way that Canopy Life did. No, schools in Kenya have been closed since March. All schools, except for the private ones that fourth and eighth grade, some of the grades came back in October, but everybody else is still out of school. And so none of their friends were in school. Their parents may or may not have valued Hmm. the opportunity. They now have free help, right? Living at home. And so can you go feed the goats? Can you go 
tend the garden. Yeah. They have incredible broadband and Wi-Fi issues. And that, right. So all of their tablets mm. were, um, I don't know. I can't, I'm so used to using the word Wi-Fi and that's not actually accurate. They were like phones. Yeah. Right. So they had so to connect to a data, cellular yeah, data, cellular data, yeah, yeah. but cell towers and cell reception in these communities are spotty at best. Some of the kids didn't have power and had to go to a neighbor's house to power and charge their device. Like they had to overcome so much to take advantage of the opportunity to remain academically Hmm. and engaged in discipleship opportunities through digital access. Right. But they did it and they were such an inspiration to me. We released a video. You can see it on our site sometime earlier this year where we interviewed a fourth grader, an eighth grader, and a ninth grader about digital learning. And and they were just so honest. And you can see that they're going to try, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for the fourth graders who we didn't think had the tech literacy to do digital, it was even harder because they were working with worksheets and getting assignments through WhatsApp, which is like a messaging, you know, thing and having to turn them back in through WhatsApp. I mean, for fourth graders, it was even harder. And they're fourth graders. They want like physical interaction with a teacher, you know? Right. So I was so proud of them. Like they stuck with it. And here on the U.S. side, we we figured out how to do this thing together, how to do, how to stay motivated, how to stay connected to a cause that inspires us instead of kind of devolving into survival instincts. And I mean, we did digital events. We had our first virtual gala. We had last minute connections because we weren't sure if the weather was going to be nice enough for us to sit outside to have a conversation because we couldn't meet inside or we had meetings over Zoom. And I mean, we figured it out. We did hard things. It is not ideal to build a generosity community over Zoom. For sure. Right? Like so much of what we do is about connecting our hearts to the mission and meeting with our donor community meeting with our sponsors our supporters it's just so much better in person through events it's easier to tell our story to new people through events but so many people have joined the canopy story this year and we did it the hard way right so i can't imagine what 2021 is going to look like when we actually when things start opening back up eventually and we can have more options i think the folks that have joined the story this year are just going to be amazed yeah, <laughs> at what's yeah. possible because we did hard things and we did them together so that's that awesome that's really cool lesson. i think it's funny i'm gonna jump all the way back to the beginning of this one for a second <laughs> whenever you As said you're allowed to do this <laughs> whenever you said your mug reads actually i can in my mind it, it i immediately thought of like oh well if somebody tells me i can't do it i'm gonna tell them actually i can and i love this mindset of no i'm i'm saying it to myself oh, yes. with this which is things of like i don't want to do it and yes. then actually i can it's it's such a really cool encouraging mindset because mm-hmm. there are totally things that we don't want to do and that are hard to do and it has nothing to do with somebody telling us mm-hmm. you can't do that it's just life is life yeah. and i love uh thinking of this phrase actually i can uh in the way that yeah. you received it i have found that most of the time and i think i'm going out on a vulnerability limb here because i'm going to guess that most of the people listening this is also true whether they realize it or not most of the time in the silent spaces in your mind, you're telling yourself you can't do something hmm. rather than you can. It's why when you go to the gym and I don't know how some people are super self-motivated. If you're a gym fanatic or if you are super healthy and regimented, this is probably not you. But for the people who struggle to get into a workout routine, most of the time it's because you get to rep number 10 and you're supposed to get to 14 and you're not telling yourself you can 
So in that silence, you're actually not sure you can, right? You're mm-hmm. reevaluating. Should I only go to 12? Right. Should I get to 14 or should I just stop at 10? Yeah. Because the silence is saying you can't. And you, I have to actively tell myself I can to fill that silence with positive thoughts as opposed to the general can't that exists or not wanting to or whatever it is. I think it's different right, for everyone, right. but like there's this idea that if we're not telling ourselves our can't, we can, we're probably somewhere in there in the silence, assuming that we can't. Yes. Even though we may not acknowledge that, that belief. Yes. Um, My yeah. dad's used words for this, it, it, completely different stories and everything, but he's uh, given me these words to put around maybe that silence there. Mm-hmm. Fear, unknown, doubt are mm. the three things he says show up in those moments mm. and they need something to, to come up against them. And the statement, actually, I can, uh, is a really good statement yeah. to combat fear, yeah. unknown, and doubt. And not saying that fear, unknown, and doubt are bad things because you need yeah. that silence and, and you just, they're, they're a part of our world and our life. Uh, but that's a really cool statement. I don't know if we went too far off there on it. Uh, and I don't <laughs> no, want to yeah. take away so much from yeah. all the hard things that the yeah. kids and your staff in Kenya and here in the U.S., uh, all they've done and and kind of leaned into the actually mm-hmm. I can mindset to do mm-hmm. hard things. Uh, to, to I mean, I think everyone on this call has. I think every, mm. on this call, on this and podcast. Been on so many Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like an auto mode. No, I think everyone listening has had to do hard things this year. And you should sit in the lesson that you you we can. You can do hard things. We did them together. And yeah. that should inform the challenges you face next year and the year after, right? Like all these lessons are supposed to be put into action. We When we learn a deeper level of God's faithfulness, it should impact how we approach things in the future when we realize the power of innovation we innovate more in the future when we realize we can do hard things it makes us less fearful of the things that we need to do to move ahead in the future and um, and I think this is a little side note but the fourth lesson is that it uh, we can carry grief and hope in the same moment and we talked about this extensively in back two podcasts, right? In yeah. two long podcasts <laughs> back in April after after kind of the imp- the initial yeah. um, shock of COVID had passed. And so I'm not going to go into deep detail. I definitely think you guys should reference. It's two of our most listened to podcasts this year. And I think yeah. it's because it resonated. But it's just this idea of how important it is to carry grief and hope in the same, to give yourself permission to carry grief and hope in right. the same, um, in the same space. So that it w- you can healthily move forward. That if you only have one or the other, you can't truly move forward. Um, and so I, I just think I learned that in deeper ways this year than mm. I ever, than I ever imagined. And I think it's necessary for leadership and it's necessary for vision. Um, if you ignore the grief, then you're moving forward into a not an untrue reality. If you only move forward in hope, if you only hold on to grief, you're not going to move forward at all because you need that mm. hope to move forward. And I think they can both coexist in the same space. So that's a really cool way to put that. Uh, have you said that before? Did that just I don't remember that is, I like that a lot. If you move forward and only hope, what was it's not really reality, right? Yeah, it's, you're going to be moving forward into a non-reality. Yeah. And if you move forward only in grief, you're not going to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really cool way to put it. Yeah. So I think that the final lesson for me, um, and this is going to be, have a lot of nuances. I'm going to probably tuck extra lessons into this final lesson, but, uh, the final big lesson of 2020 for me is that we really are better together. 
I know that's so cheesy. I mean, so many people are leaning into that statement. Um, but man, we've seen that this year. Hmm. Like I think canopy life has always been a place where we see the U.S. part of the family and the Kenya part of the family as equal. Not a lot of nonprofits do. The U.S. side of the family is the ATM or the sugar hmm. sugar daddy that's feeding yeah. uh, the programs that happen internationally or f- even if it's a domestic nonprofit, right? It's feeding the, it's feeding the work and the important thing is the work. And that is a more comfortable place for donors. It makes you feel really good to be the one giving and not necessarily the one receiving. But at Canopy Life, we really see all the members of the Canopy Life family as a body. Mm -hmm. And this year, um, especially because COVID hit the U.S. so much earlier than it impacted our work in Kenya, there really was true care that needed to be done for each other. We were grieving. We were shocked. We were struggling. We were trying to, especially in those early months of all, so many of our donors trying to virtually teach their kids while figuring out whether or not their businesses would stay afloat. Like we spent a lot of time focusing on what our U S family needed, which I think really showed itself later when the Kenya side of the family was needing so much support and the U S family had kind of found a rhythm in which they could then respond. It just showed us how symbiotic that relationship is and that we really are better together. We're not totally. going to move on to new donors just because our current ones are are struggling. And um, and while the needs are different, they both need to be cared for. Um, we're all organs of the same body. And if our lungs are hurting, we're not going to just keep pushing on yeah. because our toes and our hands work just fine, right? Like you yep. need it all to care. And, I, and to me, I just, for all the people listening who... I'm assuming if you're listening, you're probably a part of that donor network here on the U.S. side. You guys have blown us away this year. I mean, just last week, this is going to timestamp this, but since it's the lessons of 2020, it's pretty timestamped anyways. But um, just last week was Giving Tuesday, and we had a goal of raising $25,000. And you guys raised eighty thousand dollars that day for our programs in twenty twenty one. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's even crazier, Evan. The to the whole better together story, like the story of how it happened. We we had a catalog of needs that totaled twenty five thousand dollars, and we had two people say, "Okay, I'll we'll create a matching grant of twelve thousand five hundred, and if you can raise twelve thousand five hundred from your folks, that will will match it, and it yeah. will equal the whole the whole." all the needs in the catalog. And we reached that goal the night before the night before giving Tuesday, we had already reached it. And that was so inspiring to another donor. He was like, well, why don't I raise your match from 12,500 to 40,000 and see if you can get there. And I won't, I won't lie. That made me a little nervous, (laughs) right? Like, yeah. um, Especially in a year like this one. And in one day, that additional $27,500 were raised from people who were following the story on social. Yeah. We of course added that many more needs to the catalog list online and the response was so incredible. And so we went from wondering if we could raise $25,000 in a pandemic for giving Tuesday to raising three times that Yeah. in one day. It's and it's because we're better together. It's because yeah. we know how to, how to, bounce care back and forth to one another and realize we're part of a family and we need each other. Um, and generosity, inspiring generosity, uh, it's, it's kindness, inspiring kindness. It's just this, um, I'm moving my finger in a, it's a cycle, Yeah, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a cycle of symbiotic care for one another that truly does to me define that we're better together. And 
Absolutely. And I love all the imagery you you painted with your words and, and saying we are better together. Applying to canopy life feels so accurate of our world, yeah. of our nation, of our... Uh, take that concept and go as big as you want with mm-hmm. it and it still applies. And take that concept and go as small as you want with mm-hmm. it and it still applies. It's It's one of those truths that is macro and micro mm-hmm. uh down to the cellular level uh, like, like go smaller like go as small as you can and go as big as you can mm-hmm. we are better together yeah and it's it is such a cool message and it, it's really cool to see it play out in the life of an organization which yeah. is somewhere in between yeah. the micro <laughs> and the macro and, the macro, yeah. and mo- a more realistic place where mm-hmm. you can actually like oh yes we we did yeah. this together and it's because we came together and, yeah. and we are together. And then the flip side of that coin is we're worse not together. Right. I was just about to go there. But yeah, it's the opposite is true. Any place where we're not together, we're not getting better. Yeah. And that doesn't mean the same. Together does not be the same. It's an incredibly diverse group of people that inspired each other on their generosity. It's, it's you know, our Kenyan community and our u.s community are very different from one another to come together to accomplish a goal absolutely um so we're not the same but when you're together on something it's where we're getting better and to go a little more micro a lung and a heart are two different things but Mm. they're very needed and working together they create something really beautiful Uh, on their own we can learn a lot about that thing but it is better together and yeah. we're separate. Yeah. Like don't separate the lung and the yeah. heart. <laughs> right. Uh, and it is hard, but hey, lesson number three, we can do hard things. Yes, right? we so- <laughs> can. <laughs> and so I think it's just, yeah, it's a, it's just, it just was a really beautiful year. Those are my top five lessons. Um, he is faithful. We have to innovate or die. We can do hard things, carry hope and grief in the same space and we're better together. That would really sum up a good chunk of the worthy lessons that I learned in 2020. Yeah. Um, that that I hope I think other people can relate to and also I think will really fuel us for our next podcast which is looking ahead to what we're looking forward to in 2021 I think this will be the foundation that we leap forward with thank you again for listening to the canopy life podcast if you'd like to learn more about canopy life you can do so on our website canopylife.org also, feel free to follow along on social media. It's at Canopy Life on Instagram and Facebook. Christy, do you have any other announcements uh, for the end of this episode and the end of 2020? Yeah, this will probably air middle of December. So you got about two weeks left before the year ends. And I would just say if you haven't figured out where you're going to give your year end giving, um, we're still receiving all gifts online. Um, in order to strengthen our programs for 2021, you can go to canopylife.org and hit the donate link in order to do your year-end giving there. Yeah, if you're passionate about innovation, entrepreneurship, children in rural villages, uh, having access to education to transform their communities, if any of those things spark something within you and you'd like to get involved, uh, I would encourage you to do so. It's a really great community to be a part of. Sante sana, everybody. Mm-hmm.